Fired Up Friday. I'm Gerard Papa, Lean Six Sigma Master Black Belt and Principal Consultant at Dynamic Resolutions Group. I will be discussing topics that fire me up. Before I begin, I would like to give a shout out to Ashley, Elsie, and Rehana for their inspiration for this podcast. Today's topic is healthcare consumerism and the need for a patient-centric model. As you may or may not know, the United States ranks last overall among 11 industrialized countries on measures of health system quality, efficiency, access to care, equity, and healthy lives, according to Commonwealth Fund Report. This results in the highest cost and lowest performance of any of these nations at $8,508 per person. This podcast will focus on three of these metrics, access, efficiency, and quality of care. In my experience, the poor results of these metrics are driven by the variation in our healthcare system. This variation can be by system, state, city, and by neighborhood. Data analysis has proven that socioeconomic status drives insurance coverages, access, as well as effective and safe care. In fact, the main purpose of the Affordable Care Act was to increase insurance coverage and access to care. In my career, I've had the pleasure to work in three different industries, and healthcare is by far the least customer-centric. From the article, hospitals find asthma hotspots more profitable to neglect than fix, state that residents from an area in Baltimore visit hospitals for asthma flare-ups at more than four times the rate of people from the city's wealthier neighborhoods, according to data analyzed by Kaiser Health News and the University of Maryland Capital News Service. But like hospitals across the country, the institutions have done little to address the root cause of asthma. That the perverse incentives of the healthcare payment system have long made it more lucrative to treat severe, dangerous asthma attacks than to prevent them. This illustrates the failed approach that focuses on the downstream and not the upstream of the process, which in this case is prevention. By the way, this continued cycle adds to everyone's cost, especially since they are most likely visiting the emergency department several times a year. Another example that highlights this issue is from the article, American kids are 70% more likely to die before adulthood than kids in other countries. Research published in the journal Health Affairs shows the United States lags far behind peer countries on child health outcomes. It estimates that since 1961, America's poor performance accounts for more than 600,000 excess child deaths deaths that wouldn't have happened if these kids were born into other wealthy countries. The authors argue that some of this most likely has to do with America's fragmented healthcare system. For example, a new mother may go without health insurance before becoming pregnant when she would usually qualify for Medicaid, and that could lead to untreated health issues ultimately affecting the child. If we move to efficiency, specifically unnecessary tests and procedures, I have referenced the article How Unnecessary Tests, Scans, Procedures, and Surgeries Are Affecting Your Patient. American doctors routinely prescribe medical treatments that are not based on sound science. The delivery of useless or low-value services should concern anyone who cares about improving the quality, safety, and cost-effectiveness of medical care. Estimates vary about what fraction of the treatments provided to patients is supported by adequate evidence, but some reviews place the figure at half. Let this sink in for a sec. A science-based practice has been found not to use science. That's pretty scary. One study found that overtreatment added between 158 
and $226 billion to healthcare spending in 2011. That's a billion with a B, as in boy. Once a treatment becomes popular, it's hard to dislodge. Several surgeries that were found ineffective continue to be performed despite being refuted in research. Some physicians have pushed back because they are sensitive to being second-guessed, and the art of the profession play a large role. Personally, I have always been fascinated as a consumer and a patient on how much we assume takes place in our healthcare system. Evidence-based medicine would seem to be a sure thing, but that has been proven not to be the case all the time. This is a perfect segue into my next point. How frequently would you think clinicians wash their hands? Take a moment and shout out the answer. Numbers have ranged as low as 30 to 